Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. I'm Pastor Charles. I'm one of the assistant pastors here. And uh, today, my assignment, we are in a series called Invitation. And my assignment today is to speak about miracles. And I am, the, the title of my message is Invitation Via Miracles. So I want you to focus in on that and just uh, give me uh, your undivided attention as, as we start uh, this, this time together. I want to start off with the definition of a miracle. And uh, there's, a, there's a couple of uh, expanded uh, uh, definitions, and let me just share a couple of them, and uh, then we'll, we'll get right into the, uh, to the message. Um, miracle definition is a, uh, the definition of a miracle is that it's a surprising uh, and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. Uh, for example, the miracle of rising from the grave. Uh, or similar or expanded definition, and I think uh, I, I lean more towards a, an expanded definition of miracles, is a supernatural phenomena, a mystery, a prodigy. And a prodigy is an amazing or unusual thing, especially one out of the ordinary course of nature. Or a highly improbable or extraordinary event development or accomplishments that brings very welcome consequences. It was a miracle that more people hadn't been killed in an injury is, is a quote that often is describing a miracle. So first question this morning and the message is, have you ever experienced a miracle? It's a question that, you know, I, and I hope that you can say, yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, and then this morning, I would like to also follow that question how many need to experience a miracle in your life now? And we all put up our hands on that. I recall in my first uh, church, I had just graduated from Bible college. It was back in the early 70s. And I was working at a church. Uh, and it was it really, it was a place where uh, I, I wasn't sure uh, what my role was. All I knew is that I was uh, hired uh, to do that. And one of the uh, one of the uh, burdens that God laid on my heart was to go to this uh, special uh, geared-to-income project uh, in Portland, Maine. Uh, and there was a whole bunch of kiddies that were there in that area. And uh, I had worked with some geared-to-rent uh, 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 geared uh, uh, projects uh, in Bible college, so that was the only thing I knew to do. So, so I started knocking on some doors. And so on a Saturday morning... I would go to this project, and all the kiddies would gather. We had this little meeting thing, and uh, I, I had a trumpet, and I would get my trumpet out. It was like Pied the Piper, and you just get going, and, and I, I would play. If you're happy and you know it, say amen, and while well, the kids would come running. So, so on this one particular morning, 
well, we're, we're gathered together, and it was a beautiful day, and we're outside, and I really didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to just make fun, trying to have, you know, a good time with these kiddies, and somehow hope to present them uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're, we're there, and uh, I don't know what inspired me, but all of a sudden I said to the kids, come on, kids, run with me. And so we ran, and we went into another part of the uh, the project, uh, the development, and we were just over there, and just uh, uh, just for for a few moments, and uh, uh, then uh, all of a sudden, one of the ladies, one of the moms, she comes running to me. She says, she says, oh, she says, thank God. Thank God that you ran to the other side of the, uh, uh, the project. Uh, a, guy, a wild driver just came running through or driving through our, uh, uh, our project. And uh, right where you were with the kids just a few moments ago, he ran right through that area, drove right through that area, and uh, kids uh, would, have been, would have been killed or certainly harmed. And, and, I, and I remember thinking, God, I had nothing to do with that at all. All I know is that at one moment we were here, and then we went over to, to the other side of the project there, and we just experienced at that moment a, the divine intervention of God sparing lives. That was my first experience of a, of a miracle happening uh, in my life, especially in ministry. Uh, another one that comes out of our family uh, is my dad, my father-in-law, sorry, by the name of uh, Donald McDonald. And Donald was from, uh, uh, from Scotland, uh, and uh, things weren't going very well as a young man for him in Scotland, so he got on a boat and came to Canada. Uh, and the only uh, job that he could find was working on one of the uh, big Laker ships that would go through the Great Lakes and hauling different kind of cargo. And uh, on this one particular day... Uh, Dad McDonald, as a young man, he was in his early 20s, uh, was on one of these Lakers, and they were going through the Welland Canal. How many here have been through the Welland Canal and are experienced? You know, you've been to see the different locks, and it's quite, it's quite a system that they've got there. And so uh, uh, back in those days, uh, as, as the ship would go through the, the, the different locks, they would, they would have to uh, just kind of tie the ship up and making sure that, uh, that the ship wouldn't uh, go banging against the walls of, uh, of the lock. Uh, and and I'm, I'm not quite sure how it all worked back in those days because it's dramatically changed and how they, they uh, will moor up a boat. Uh, but in this time, uh, my, the young man on the ship would have the opportunity to grab the rope and sort of kind of swing out from the boat over to the, the side of the wall and there tie up the boat. Now... It was something that a young man would really like to do. It was kind of venturesome, swinging from the boat over to the, the side uh, wall of, of the lock and to tie up the boat. Uh, however, there was risk. And on this particular day, uh, my uh, uh, father-in-law of, certainly was going to be down the road in the future, uh, he's, he's got the rope in his turn, and so he goes to swing over to the wall, and, and his feet, don't quite get there. And so then he's now swinging, and he's still hanging on to the rope, and he's dangling between the ship and the wall of the lock. And the ship now is, is coming, coming close. There are men that are looking down, they're watching what's going on, and they see that this man that's dangling on the end of the rope 
is going to be uh, he's going to be squashed between the ship and, and the, the wall of the lock. Uh, and they all turn their heads. They all look the other way because they don't want to see what's going to happen. And at that moment, my dad, my, my, uh, my uh, father-in-law of, of the future, of course, from this moment, uh, a hand reached down and pulled my father-in-law out, out of the water and onto the lock. And so... Of course, you know, when he gets up and brushes himself out, he looks all around to see who was the person that reached out and rescued him. And when he did, nobody was there. And it was at that moment that, and, and we still as a family, we, we believe that, number one, that our, my father-in-law was rescued. Number two, we believe that it was an angel that God sent to miraculously to intervene on, on his behalf. It's an incredible moment. I'm asking Kathy Dalby to come, and Gary and Kathy are going to come out this time, and, and there's just something that they want to share with us as well. I'm sharing you stories right now because I believe that one of the things that, I, that I'm called to do this morning is to help you to release supernatural faith uh, in, in your life. So Gary and Kathy, they are coming to, uh, to share uh, with us just something that's going on in their life, so I'm going to do this right here, Kathy, so you can have this and you can take your mask off. There Thank you. Go. Well, in the last two weeks, I have experienced two miracles. Um, I was diagnosed with multiple symptom atrophy in May of this year. It is a terminal disease that would rob me of my speech, ability to walk, to swallow, etc. I was given a life expectancy of up to two years. They gave me a website for MSA and was told I could learn everything concerning my future from the website. I was told to be my own power of attorney while I was still able and was offered assisted suicide if I desired it. I went on the website two different times and it threw me into such a panic both times. I decided I would not do any more research and I knew that God has the final say anyway and I was going to put my trust in him. I called the elders of the church to come anoint me with oil and pray, and I also requested the prayer team to pray. I asked every prayer warrior I knew to pray. The doctor who diagnosed me wanted me to get a second opinion, as did I. I got an appointment for June 9, 2022, a long way off. I stopped saying I have MSA, but would rather say, this is what the doctors have diagnosed me with. I believe there is great power in words. I was not denying their diagnosis, but I wasn't going to claim it. Miracle number one. A week ago last Wednesday, I got a call from the neurologist's office saying that they had a cancellation for that Friday. And would I like it? I said, absolutely. I had three neurologists working on me for three hours. This was a miracle. Miracle number two, the neurologist does not believe that I have this terminal disease, but rather suspects I have a nervous system disorder, which they are sending me to Hamilton for, for specialized testing. He said, I am not terminal. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
Well, we nearly floated out of that hospital, praising God for his mercy and compassion. God had given me a miracle. The verse I have been claiming is Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from the pit, who crowns me with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies my life with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Kathy. I just wanted you to hear that. You needed to hear that because I knew that a number of people are praying and just how God's miraculous hand is working uh, uh, in certainly uh, Kathy's life and, uh, and uh, Gary's uh, life as well. There are two miracles that I want to reference this morning uh, with, this, with this message. Uh, and so I want to uh, direct your attention to uh, Matthew. Uh, over in, uh, in Matthew, I want to read to you about Jesus as he feeds the 5,000. And I'm going to read from the, uh, the chapter. And it says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate uh, was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So a notable miracle. You're all familiar with it. But I wanted to draw your attention once again how, how the Lord Jesus was used to perform miracles. And this one certainly was the exceptional one. Then miracle number two. And miracle number two is the miracle of Easter. The miracle of Easter. And for those that are going to be looking at this message and chewing on it a little bit later on uh, this week, I will just pay special attention uh, to the, the references or to the scripture passages uh, that I am reading from right now. Um, this is coming from the last few chapters of Luke. Uh, Jesus has risen in verse 24. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in claws or clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee 
the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. So two, two miracles to just uh, be as a, as a basis for this uh, message this morning. Uh, the miracle of feeding the 5,000. Uh, and the miracle of, of Jesus Christ uh, being uh, raised uh, from the dead. The miracles of Jesus, I observe, the miracles of Jesus were never intended to be some Las Vegas show with its glitz and glamour so people could come and be entertained. Although many came to watch Jesus perform miracles. The main goal, the main goal of any divine miracle was and is to accomplish God's will and the course of human history. Small group, people, participants, pay attention to that. I'm going to read that again. The main goal of any divine miracle was and is to accomplish God's will and the course of human history. And that's why I think we always need to look for the miracle within the miracle. The miracle within the miracle. What is God endeavoring to accomplish as a result of the miraculous work? What is God's intent for any miracle? My answer would be, are you listening this morning? Because to me, this is pivotal for the whole message. What is God's intent for any miracle? My answer would be transformation is God's intent. God's objective for any miracle that transformation would take place. The, the ultimate goal of a miracle, especially in our day, is to bring people to Christ so that they would experience transformation. Here's the thing. Whether we see the miracle or not, we can always experience transformation. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper uh, worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. You know the song very well, the old hymn, Amazing Grace. I once was lost, but now I am found. The song is all about the transformation, the transforming power of, of God working in an individual's life, changing from what they used to be to what they are now in him. I wonder, have you noticed with me that miracles often are disputable, are disputable. Maybe even perhaps this morning as I was telling you the story about what happened in the project where I was there with the children, you're thinking, yeah, well, that wasn't a really miracle. That was just, you know, happenstance. That was luck, you know, and that's the way our world looks sometimes at things like this. Or, or maybe you were thinking, um, uh, maybe, you know, okay, uh, what happened to your father-in-law that, you know, he just didn't see the guy. Maybe he was just unconscious, whatever. The person just didn't want to be recognized, so forth like that. It's, it's amazing how, how miracles 
often become disputable. For example, the miracle of creation. I'm sure you've heard people say, ah, yeah, it didn't happen that way, and, and it didn't happen in seven days, and, and there was a big bang, or, you know, I mean, I mean history, and we got, we got all kinds of fossils and so forth. There's always something out there to dispute a miracle. Uh, or the Red Sea crossing. Oh, man, I've heard people say, you know, that really didn't happen like you think it did with Moses and the extending the rod. It was just that the water was really shallow at that point, and that's how they all got across. And, and you know, and on it goes, and you hear about David and Goliath. No, nah, that wasn't a miracle. That was just uh, David just got lucky on that particular day. Or Daniel and the lions said, nah, they just weren't hungry that day. I mean, on and on it goes. And, and you hear the different things, whether it was Daniel and the lion's head, whether Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and whether Jonah uh, in, in the well, in the well. So miracles often can be, be disputable or, or, or they, they can be argued. However, however, this is where the miracle within the miracle comes. However, transformation is not. The proof is in the eating of the pudding. Transformation is what God wants. Um, transformation, I don't know if you've noticed this, but transformation for the follower of Christ is not optional. I want you to know that when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what's happened in our life and whatever we've experienced, I want you to know that transformation was never intended to be optional. That when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, and Maddie, Maddie uh, really referred to it a little bit this morning as she was just sharing in one of the worship songs, that, man, when we come into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to fall down on our face. We're going to want to give him everything we have. You know what else we're going to be saying? We're going to be saying, God, I wish I had given you more. I wish I had allowed you to do more in my life. I wish I had I pursued you more because we would realize at that moment that transformation was never an option when we came to Jesus. And that's why I say that the miracle behind the miracle, and I believe in miracles, and I pray every day for miracles. I'm wrestling in the spirit for miracles to take place uh, in people's lives. And a lot of you right here this morning, but I know with all my heart that the one thing that the Lord is endeavoring to do is he's endeavoring to change lives. And, and, and when he works and he works in a sovereign way, it's because he wants to bring, up, bring about transformation in our lives. I asked a question this morning, what changed the disciples? What caused each one of them to be willing to die for Jesus Christ? Well, this morning, I really, I, I don't, I, I don't want to uh, uh, lay us down the wrong path here, but it wasn't the miracles of Jesus that transformed the disciples. If you recall, that when Jesus gave up the ghost and they buried him in a tomb, that all the disciples ran away. The miracles of Jesus at that point somehow lost their, their, their impact upon the disciples. It wasn't his teaching, and the teaching of Jesus was absolutely incredible and played an important part. However, what transform the disciples what changed the disciples it was an encounter with the resurrected christ it was when they met the resurrected christ that their lives were transformed that they were changed forever what was it that ignited the crowd on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was being 
poured out miraculously and people were hearing the gospel in their own language and they had come from all parts of the world. It was just an incredible moment for them. What was it? It was it was the spirit of the resurrected Christ being poured out on the streets of Jerusalem. I also believe that today that we are seeing the transformation of the local church. COVID has done a lot of things, but we've experienced in our church that the church no longer is just a local body of believers, but we see our church going from just a central central gathering, but to a regional gather, gathering. We've also seen the church go from just local to, to global because of, of uh, the, the internet and so many incredible things. I don't believe it's an accident. I believe that it is a is miraculous and it's part of God's working in and through us. I believe miracles are experienced daily because of the mercies of God, which the word of God tells us over in Lamentations. They are new every morning and his grace that is more than sufficient or is always more than enough. So this morning... I do believe that God continues through miracles to extend his invitation. God loves this world. He loves this generation. And even though they seem to be very confused and going every direction, God loves and he extends the invitation. He extends the invitation to our neighbors. He extends the, the invitation to those that are in government and in other parts of our world that God is extending his invitation. And I believe that he is causing miracles to take place right now i think it's a miracle this morning that we all showed up here in this place together it was god's holy spirit that was drawing us together jesus mentioned and we have often said here in as staff that that we are experiencing some things because of of the pandemic that that remind us that you know uh, we 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 think that this is a a a dress rehearsal for what God is about to do. Uh, and Jesus often talked about what the signs of the time would be. And I'm not going to read it all, but if you would look at Matthew tra chapter 24, Jesus talks about what is going to happen in the last days. And as you read this chapter, you are, you are aware that there's going to be signs and wonders and that there are going to be incredible things taking place. Uh, beginning at verse 12, it says, because of the increase of wickedness, and this is Jesus talking, the love of most, most will grow old, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And he talks about this, this miracle that you and I really, whether you see it or feel it, is happening right now. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Oh, uh, listen, you got to read the rest of Matthew 24, because in Matthew 24, Jesus talks about signs and wonders, and he talks about things happening that really are, are, are strange. He talks about things that really defy our, 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 our imagination. Uh, but Jesus is preparing us, and he's letting us know that, that in these days, he is about to do some things that he's never done before. He's about, we, you and I are about to witness some things that we've never seen before, and that they are underneath the title of miraculous. 
Jesus in Matthew 24, and as I've read Matthew 24 several times like you have as well, he describes, you know, that uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of good that's going to happen, but he also talks about some of the things that are, that are uh, wicked and evil that are going to be happening. And so he, he's describing this, this mixed bag uh, of things that are going on. And meanwhile, all the time that, that there are signs in the heavens and God is doing this because why? He's extending his invitation to our world. He extends our, his invitation to us today. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to be captivated by his supernatural power, that's for sure. But the bottom line is that he wants you and I to be transformed, transformed into his very likeness. And so this morning, I just really encourage you with that. And I want to encourage you that as, as um, uh, it says over in Romans uh, uh, in chapter 5 and verses eight, uh, 18 through 21, it says, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Thank God for that. I also like what it says over in, in Romans 8 and 11, because I want to really come back this morning as you're thinking about miracles and, and thinking about where it's happening in your own life. I, and, you, and you may say, you know what, Pastor? Uh, man, I could tell you a few stories about some miracles I've seen. Or maybe you're here this morning and saying, I, you know what? I can't. I, I haven't seen one. I, I haven't seen a miracle. But I want to direct your attention this morning, and I really want to focus in on the miracle of Easter this morning. I want to focus in on what the Word of God tells us about the miracle of Easter that lives within us. This morning, I, I, I can stand on the authority of God's Word, and I can stand today, and I know it's our pastoral staff, that we can say today that the miracle of Easter is live and well, and the miracle of Easter dwells within each and every born again believer. And that is why you and I here today, we can experience the miraculous working of God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 says this, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. The miracle of, of Easter, the greatest miracle that, that, that has ever taken place, uh, I, that miracle working power, Paul says, it dwells within us. Paul says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that dwells within every born again believer. It is not just a spirit, but it is a spirit of miraculous working power that is present in each of our lives. So the question could be asked this morning, and I ask it, will we see miracles increase? And the answer is yes. I believe that we are about to see uh, God do things that he's never been able to do previously with intensity. I believe that we are witnessing the early signs of, and here's just a phrase that I really felt the Holy Spirit uh, give to me as I was preparing this message, the signs of invitation intensity invitation intensity. Uh, I, I believe what God is doing right now is he is just ramping up. 
He is ramping up his, his invitation to our world uh, uh, in a world that sometimes seems to be confused and, and a world that seems to look every other place other than to him, that God is ramping up his invitation. And, and God is, is using signs and, uh, and wonders. And, and certainly the, the invitation uh, uh, that, that God has for us is, is to be uh, portrayed and to carry out through you and I. Um, uh, I, I came across uh, just a, a, an interesting uh, uh, article about, about the uh, solar flares, and, and evidently uh, at certain times, uh, because of what goes on uh, in, in the sun, and, and magnetism uh, takes a, 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 plays an incredible role here, and then because of the concentrated magnetism, you start getting these flares, which can cause uh, uh, weather patterns to change and so forth. And I would suggest to you today, that there is this Holy Spirit magnetism that is drawing each and every one of us to him. And that what he is doing, he is awakening. He is awakening in you and I the awareness of the, the miracle of Easter once again. Uh, and that he is, he is uh, letting you and I know once again that his transformation power is there to, to not only change us, but to impact those that are around us. And so this morning, as I, as I come to this, this part of the message and start to bring it to a conclusion, is that today it is incumbent for all believers to speak life and peace into people and situations around you. I believe that one thing that he's awakening today is that awareness. Yeah, that's right. The resurrection power, that the miracle of Easter dwells within me and that God wants to raise up in you and he wants to raise up in you a voice. He wants to raise up in you activity and he wants you speaking. He wants you to speaking into situations that are, that are hopeless. He wants you speaking into situations that seem like there's no, that there's death looming over the door, but God wants you because of resurrection power that dwells within you to speak to situations situations that that there are ones that every day I'm I'm thinking of people that I know that are wrestling with cancer and every day that I'm wrestling the spirit because of resurrection power and I'm coming against every cancer cell and I'm calling Jesus into that that body and I want to eradicate every cancer cell in the body so I'm wrestling I'm wrestling in prayer and I believe today that you and I are on sure footing that we're in in a good place because of resurrection power that dwells within us and that you and I can speak life. We can speak hope and we can see miracles take place. And I like what Kathy did. I like Kathy did. She stood upon the word. She says, I'm not giving into it. They can call it what they want, but she was speaking into it. So if you don't believe anybody else, believe Kathy this morning that she spoke into something. What is it that God wants you to speak into? What is God using you to transform? Because he wants to transform the landscape. Not only does he want to transform you, but he wants to transform the landscape that is around you. So here's what people do who have an encounter with a miracle of Easter, an encounter with the resurrected Christ. And only got but one more page to know. Here's what, what happens when the resurrected Christ is stirring up in our lives. We, we yield to his spirit. We step out in faith like we saw our pastor earlier in the service. We're being led by the spirit. We're being modern day Joshua's and we're being strong and we're being courageous. So this morning, I wrap up with some of the words of, 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 of the word of God for you two that would stir up things in our lives. Hear the words 
of Zechariah the prophet. It's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Hear the words of John, the, the beloved, who says, Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Oh, hear the words of transformed Peter. You know the life of Peter, right? You know all his inconsistencies. But when he's writing and over in First Peter, and you hear the words of transformed Peter, you know what he says? Oh, man, I'm getting too excited here this morning. Yeah, I got to slow down here. Come on. I got to make it. I got to make it through the second service. Hang on, man. All right, here we go. But Peter said, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And finally, let us heed the words of the Hebrew writer who said, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. Amen. I got good news for you. I got good news for you this morning. I want you to know that the miracle worker is present in the service this morning. And it's here for you today. And I encourage you today when you leave this service, go speak. Speak into those hopeless situations. Speak into those situations where death may be looming over the door. Speak life. Speak resurrection power. And it's up to you today. And we can go out of this because we've been transformed. By the power of God. By the power of God. Let me pray with you. I'm going to pray that miracles are released today. Precious Heavenly Father. Precious Heavenly Father, I thank you today. I thank you for, I thank you for your miracle working power that still is active today. And I thank you that you're going to crank it up. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I think even a result of just listening to the word of God this morning and hearing the testimony today, I thank you, Lord, that you were releasing, Lord, resurrection power afresh. Lord, there's been some areas of our life that we held you back. Lord, there's some areas of our life that we just kind of relegated you to over there. But, Lord, today, resurrection power is saying, step aside. I'm coming into those areas of your life where, you've, where, where I've been restricted, and I'm, I want to know I've got good news. I'm going to use you like no other day, and i got good news for you today that there's resurrection power that is working, that transforms. And that's a message. That's a message that our world will understand. That's a message that they can't dispute because they will see the living change. They will see us as their living word, as a written epistle that God has put upon our hearts and that we live and we are the message. And so, Father, I thank you today for the release of miracles. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for the way that you are today causing people here just to experience faith. Faith being released right now. Faith being released in their hearts and to, to step out and allow. It's, it's, not, it's not us, but it's the resurrected Christ working in us. And so thank you, Jesus, for what you've done and for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 Okay, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast that's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 